0: What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planner-in-arms, Matt Hess. What's up, Matt?
1: What's hey, up, Jared? what's up, Jared?
0: What? Wait, you're not Matt. What? <laughs> what? We've got Jen, my wife, and Erica, Matt's wife, in the spacious studios the spacious uh, of downtown studios. Oshawa today, the a.k.a my house. And man, we are excited about today's episode Mm -hmm. because we have our wives joining us. And uh, for anybody who uh, does church planting or anybody who's familiar with church planting, you know uh, when, when God calls you into church planting, it's not just you that's going, but your spouse is going with you. Uh, and your church planning together. Uh, so, we are excited to talk to them about that today. You guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by Everyday Church Planners for the Everyday Church Planner. So, whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom
2: of God. Matt, I got to ask you, man, how's your week going? Man, it's going incredible, dude. We, uh, this, this past week, I, I've just, for some time since, something has been right in, in my life, and um, the more I've just sought after God and pursued God, He's He's brought just personal revival to my life right. in, in an amazing way. And um, man, I, I'll i just say this, I, I feel like I've gotten a second chance, a new lease on life. And uh, man, I just praise God, you know, I just, it's, it's incredible, man. So just out of that overflow, God has done a lot of special things, and I'm just trying to rest in that. Amen. My, my intern broke my foot. (laughs) I know your intern broke your foot. Yeah, it was McKenzie. She broke your foot. She did. What? Should I fire her? I don't know, man. That's <laughs> she. She's from our sending church. That might cause she problems. Is. She is.
1: She's keeping our kids right now. Are they safe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't don't fire until afterwards. As long as they're not playing soccer, they're fine. Oh man! Yeah, we so we were, we so were, she were playing broke soccer. Your foot. Yeah, so we were playing soccer. We had you know we were like, hey, we'll have an outreach night. Uh, you know, where we'll just start doing pickup soccer and we'll invite people from the community. And it was a great idea. The yeah. problem is, is that I'm from Texas and we don't really play soccer in Texas. Right. And so I don't know what I'm doing and I didn't have the right equipment on. And so we were both going for a loose ball and she got there first. And when I went to kick the ball, I instead kicked her heel oh. and, uh, with the top of my foot. And so yeah. the top of my foot got,
2: broken. man, dude, Jesus
0: yeah yeah she's got heels of steel heels of steel heels wow. of steel well, man, we're I'm excited about today um and uh, yeah, we've got sure. we've got our wives here and and we just really uh, wanted to to talk to Jen and Erica today and get their perspective uh, on church planting because uh, I think uh, it's this is so important because yeah, I think I just know when you're church planting the first place the enemy' going to attack is your family, right? Yeah. Uh, whenever you're on the front lines, whenever you are in the trenches uh, and you are actively pushing back lostness, you're actively making disciples and sharing the gospel, the enemy obviously doesn't like that. Right. And so one of the first places he's going to come in and, and is he's going to try to uh, mess with and disrupt uh, your family. So there's real spiritual warfare there. And I know that uh, Jen has experienced some of that. I know Erica has experienced some yeah. of that uh, with your journey. So Uh, We'll just uh, start off and I just ladies want to ask you uh, what has been the most difficult part of church planting from your perspective?
1: Um, For me personally, I think if I'm being honest, it's um, me getting in the way. Mm. Um, Just whenever I get in the flesh, I think um, it looks like oh, this person's not doing this, or that person's not doing that, or I don't think God worked this out the way he should have, or, you know, now my kids are getting on my nerves, or now my husband's doing this and spending too much time at the church, you know, that sort of complaining and grumbling, um, which we feel like nothing's going our way and everybody else is the problem when it's really me that's the problem. So I think when I get in the way, Um, of church planning, um, just with life, it's life in general, right? When we get in the way, we make everything more difficult. And so for me, I think that's probably the most difficult thing when when I'm in the way. Yeah. Yeah, And kind of
3: connected with that is those unmet expectations. Mm. Um, Because when we do look at our life and what we want our life to be like, we have those Expectations, those high expectations of this is gonna be super fulfilling when I'm out there in ministry with my husband and for a lot of the time it is and then probably the difficult thing is when that expectation isn't met. Like there's events that you spend a lot of time preparing for, investing in, thinking about and then there's like two people that show up. Like really, yeah. like really low attendance um, for things that you spent a lot of time thinking and caring about. Um, and another hard thing, I think, is watching people that you invest a lot of time in. It's not just investing time in events and things that you're preparing for, but people, investing time in people and watching them fall away and, and feeling discouraged by that, so.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, really
3: difficult.
0: Yeah, it reminds me, Jen, of what you were just saying, my, you know, my dad always, told me growing up all disappointment is a result of unfulfilled expectations yeah. and expectations is, is so huge right uh, in marriage it's it, yeah. you know like there's expectations when you're heading into marriage there's expectations when you're heading into church planting and uh, i think i had my set of expectations and of what it's going to be like and, and jen had hers and one thing i've realized is uh, nothing is like you think it's going to be in church
2: planting yeah at all. <laughs> yeah well people are flawed right we, we we're all we're all flawed we all have this uh, sin nature and sin is everywhere. Sin is in Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, uh, Canada. It's all around the world. Sin is everywhere, and so anywhere, anytime we deal, anytime we deal with people, we're going to be dealing with sin natures, and people hurt us. And so, getting over that, and and that's one of the most difficult parts of church planting. And I think Eric and I have talked about this a lot. One of one of Everybody goes into it kind of wide-eyed, you know, and and you're like, I can't wait, and my church is going to be different. And you and I've had this conversation, Jared. You know, it's like our people are not going to be apathetic. They're going to all be passionate. They're going to share their faith with every person they meet. They're going to read. <laughs> they're going to read through the Bible every year. And um, and then you, you start a church, and you're like, wait a minute, I I thought we were getting away from this. And you see that.
1: Can I just say one thing? I think, too, as the wife of a church planner, that you not only sort of deal with your own disappointments, but you have to deal with your husband's disappointments as well. So I think that that can become a really big difficulty as well just figuring out how much do you listen, how much do you give advice, um, you know, um, just figuring out how to pray for him, how to protect him from people, but at the same time, not allowing him to get you know, bitter against those people. And so I think that can be difficult just being that, um, helper, you know, to your husband whenever he's also experiencing those unmet expectations and difficult times as well.
0: And yeah, that's really good. I, I, I want to follow up to what you just said, Erica, and ask a follow-up question, um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, or my story, uh, I've, I've struggled with depression my whole life. And mm. I went through a season, especially last year, uh, where it was kind of the perfect storm where, uh, my depression was really uh, kind of, uh, spiking. Uh, and we just had some things happen at the church. We had some, you know, like half of our core team left at like all at once, like yeah. a year ago. And we were just like, you know, it just seemed like things were not going the right way. Um, it's how does that impact you? Uh, Jen, I just ask you, how how did that impact you as my wife um, watching me carry a lot of that?
3: Well, really, it just made me turn to prayer even more than I had been in the past. Hmm. Um, and not just praying for you in private, which I was doing, but also praying for you out loud, like like together, and so you could hear those truths and be reminded yeah. of them, and um yeah, just reminding you that the gospel is for you too. Like the pastors are out there and the church planters are out there and ministry people are out there sharing the gospel with people that are lost, but you need to be reminded of it too. The gospel is for you and you're loved and forgiven and cherished by God as much as the next person. So, yeah.
0: It's awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think like uh, for me, it was about two years ago now where I just completely burned out. And I, I mean it was bad, like really bad. And I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't want to share my faith. Didn't want to preach. It was just really, really bad. And I know Erica in that moment, she just covered me in prayer like never before. And like Jen shared, she she, uh, you know, claimed those promises for me and over me and, and truth and, and even began just to Erica has a science background, so she's a medical molecular biologist by trade, and um, you know, she she has a way of just complimenting me so well in the fact that she sees things very practically. and in that time she was like, "You know what? You're burned out because you don't sleep. You're burned out because you eat bad, you burned out, you're burned out because you know you don't exercise right, you know, And not in ways like you're terrible, I, you know, but in ways lovingly, and just letting me see kind of lift the scales. And then she said, you know what we need? We need a break. We need rest. And that—that that is something that, that our wives can do that we can't do sometimes, that we can't see what we're doing to ourselves. And so Erica, maybe you want to speak into that a little bit.
1: I guess more than anything, like Jen was saying, it's just through prayer and just really seeking God on your husband's behalf. And I mean, he... He's obviously a God who answers prayers and He cares a lot about us. He cares a lot about you and um, He shows us ways that we can relieve stress. I mean, He wants us to have rest. He gave us a day of rest. He rested Himself. So um, I think that, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that anytime things get too difficult, giving yourself a break, giving yourself rest um, and restoring yourself via prayer and the scriptures.
0: Hmm. So whenever you are... Church planning, obviously, um, we we talked a little bit about this with Mac Lake when we interviewed Mac, uh, and a lot of times you have to wear a bunch of different hats uh, yeah. at first, right? You're not going to plant a church with usually uh, with a children's director already installed and a full-time worship leader already installed and a you know uh, an AV person you know already there. Yeah. A lot of times it's you and it's your spouse doing pretty much everything, so. Uh, ladies, how do you balance between utilizing your gifts, like what God has uh, gifted you to do and uh, given you the passion to do? uh, How do you balance utilizing your gifts, but also having to jump in and help get things done in areas maybe outside of your natural gifting, like kids ministry or helping set up or or things like
2: that?
3: I think it starts with um, humility and knowing that um, you do have the ability to do things that are outside your comfort zone. If you're have that willing heart, if you have that willing heart, um, and also having a heart for the vision as a whole, like, what are we here to do? Um, cause like Erica was saying before, like we can't, we can't fall into that tendency of feeling like it's all about me and what I expect, right? It's got to be about what is God's mission and God's plan. Um, so I think that, While you are doing things that maybe aren't your natural gift uh, there at the beginning, just be on the lookout for people that you can have under your wing that you're training up while you're doing those things so that as time goes on, eventually you can pass it off to someone that you've been modeling for and building up in leadership. I think it's about delegating. Um, But, of course, at the first, you're not going to necessarily have people to delegate to right away. And in the meantime, just have the humility to understand that it won't always be like that. And it's going to be okay to to start off that way.
1: I think for me that this is a lesson that I really learned the hard way, Um, because when we first came up, it was Matt. And I and our kids, and that was it. Like there was nobody else here with us. We were on the other side of the city from uh, where the main um, planning was happening with the with Nam, and um, I think. I was sort of uh, gung-ho, you know, like that guy that runs in, like, fighting, like, 300 people. I'm just going to take them all out, you know. It was kind of like, I was like, we can do this. And, like, I just started doing it. I was Matt's secretary. I did all the kids' stuff. Um, I worked with the missions team. Like, I... I had three kids at the time, and I was doing everything, and at first, I think I was good with it, and I think I felt like useful, and I felt like the Lord's blessing this, and I liked, you know, being a part of everything, and then it happened where it was like resentment. Now all these other people are here, and I'm every Sunday in kids' church. Now we're doing this and doing that, and I don't even get to enjoy these activities because I'm the one running everything and telling everybody where to go and running around everywhere, getting more ice, doing this, doing that, you know, you name it. And I think it kind of got to the point where I was really, really resentful. And, you know, Matt just had to sit me down and say, hey, like nobody is making you do any of this stuff. You took all this on yourself. And like, I'm thankful for it. Everybody's thankful for it. Um, And you've really worked hard. But now you need to figure out why are you doing it? Are you doing it to serve the Lord now? Or are you doing it because you think you have to and Mm. you want accolades? Mm. And that was really difficult, I think, for me. I had to start figuring out. I had to go back to the beginning and figure out what has God gifted me to do and what do I need to start praying that he'll bring people and handing over to others. And then, of course, just confessing that sin of thinking that I was superwoman and could do it all and then, you know, the bitterness that had welled up in my heart for other people.
0: Yeah. Man, that's (laughs) that's so good. You know... I know there's probably going to be some uh, ladies who are gonna listen to this episode who uh, their, their husbands are praying about planting a church or they're preparing to plant a church and they haven't gotten into it yet. And so some of them might right now be feeling a little bit terrified going, oh my gosh, that's what's waiting for me. Like I'm gonna have to be the kids director and I'm gonna have to run the errands and I'm gonna have to be the secretary and I just don't know if I can do that. Matt, how do we protect our wives uh, from getting to a place where they're burning out and they're being stretched beyond their limits?
2: Man, it's a great question. I, I think that hindsight's always twenty twenty. and when you're apostolically bent, like Eric and I both are, you just, like she said, you're on the front lines, you get it done. You do what needs to get done, and you wanna reach darkness, you wanna reach lostness, and um, I think the mistake that I made and that I ultimately had to repent of is I didn't protect my wife enough in the mm-hmm. beginning where um i didn't draw those boundaries um like i should have you know uh i I brought home um, in other words church planning was 24 7 in our lives uh we'll we'll talk about boundaries in a moment but like man we um we'd lay in bed and i'd talk about church planning uh we'd be in the car on dates we i said you know what we need a date night and we'd talk about church planning and uh you know we'd go for a walk let's go for a walk spend some time together Hey, what about the church plant? You know, it's just like everything we did was all consuming. And looking back on that, it became this big, nasty idol in my life. And um, I allowed it to start to become an idol in Erica's life. And like she just witnessed uh, or testified, you know, she had started to find her identity in all these roles and our identities in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as men, the Bible says, we're protectors of our wives cherish our wives and the the greatest way in which we do that and the greatest way in which we honor the women God's place in our lives is to to speak identity into them constantly. And it's in Christ that you know you are an adopted daughter of the living King Jesus. Um you're loved if you're the children's director or not the children's director or yeah. whatever. And so I think for me, um for the planners out there listening Speak that into your wife daily. Remind your wife daily. You know, draw those boundaries clearly in the beginning of your church plant. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestle together. Have good healthy conversation. The problem with every marriage can always go back to communication. And so a lot of planners that I coach, they, they just don't talk to their wives. And it gets to the point where the wives don't even feel like if they did have the conversation that they would even listen, and so communication's really healthy to say, hey, what do you love to do? And Eric and I has learned this the hard way because as God has done what He has done here, um, and He's risen up a team now um, through through God's grace. We're learning again, you know, like wow, Erica's a great Bible teacher. Erica's a great leader in women's ministry, and you know, and. Erica's a great discipler and mentor and all these kinds of things. Well, we we want her to be released to do those things because that's the sweet spot, right? And so I, I would say that.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, I uh, we talk about how um, we talk about how we're doing this podcast by everyday church planters for everyday church planters, right? So we're not yeah. coming. Uh, approaching this as experts or something. Uh, And I laugh because of this next question that I'm gonna ask. I feel like I'm still trying to figure out the answer to this one, right? Uh, This is something that that we, I know, we're not doing a very good job of. Uh, And I'm talking about boundaries, right? Mm. Um, There's church planting mode. And I, I think in church planting, it's so difficult because you your office is at your house, yeah. right? Uh, you don't have work hours. There's no boss telling you when to clock in and clock yeah. out. Uh, and a lot of times you can feel the weight uh, of the work uh, on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, there's nobody that's more invested uh, in the church plant than you are and Mm -hmm. your spouse, uh, you're, you're completely invested in it. And so it can easily seep into every single area of your life to where there's, there's no boundaries. It takes over everything. Uh, it, you know, it, you know, like you said, like we start talking about it when we're going on dates and it comes up and you're working sometimes, you know, you're waking up at six and you're working all the way until 9 PM at night, 10 PM at night. Uh, and you know, like you guys have kids. And so that makes it even more challenging. We we don't have kids uh, right now, so we've got a little bit more freedom in that regard. Yet. But how do you, Yeah, yet. But how do you turn off church planting mode so that it doesn't consume your marriage and your lives 24-7 like that?
2: Uh, I'm going to let uh, Jen and Erica answer this, but I'll, I'll just say this uh, before Erica or Jen speaks. A defining moment in our journey was on one of those date nights I was talking about. And we went out on a date, <laughs> And the food comes or we're waiting on the food and we're talking and uh, I'm going on and on as usual about church planning. And Erica looks me square in the eyes and she says, stop it. And I said, okay, stop what? He says, stop talking about church planning. And I was like, oh, okay, so you don't love Jesus like I do, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so, like, I get all defensive, and I'm like...
1: He really did. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I'm like, I'm really not joking. I didn't say those exact words, but I, I basically, you know, and um, it had become such an idol in my life, man, where I didn't even see it. And that's the beauty of a partnership. Our wives are partners. We're, we're partners. We're in this together. And a good partner will look you in the eyes and say, stop it. And, you know, I'd realized after I got over my little pity party and pride and said, who am I to question her commitment to this? I mean, like, that's craziness. Only Satan could do that, right? Mm -hmm. The enemy has planted that seed. And what she was saying was like, this is becoming all consuming. Like, we have no healthy boundaries in our life because you take it everywhere, And um, so once we had that conversation, that was really good. And I'll let Erica talk more about it.
1: I think that um, at that point, that was when I realized that um, I was becoming bitter about church planning and about our (laughs) church in general. And if we talked about it one more time, I was going to (laughs) scream. So we did at that point in time, we we actually kind of hashed a few things out. And then we made an appointment two days later to sit down together. Um, when some of the kids were napping and we could do something with them and we talked about what are we going to do to make this to where we actually have our family as well. And so we decided that Matt would start taking Mondays off because I homeschool the kids. It makes it very convenient. We could spend a family day. And um, we also decided that when we have date night, we do not talk about church planning. We talk about our family, we talk about our dreams for the future, we talk about our own relationships with Jesus, that's fine, but we're not going to talk about the church, we're not going to talk about church planning. Um, And I think also, too, we decided that, um, you know, if we needed to have open communication, because we were having people in our home literally every single week of the night, and I just told Matt, I said, it's hard, I got to get three kids to bed, I got to get dinner made, um, and I can't do this every night. And so we had to set a couple clear boundaries about when we could have people over. Um, We had to make a few changes about that. Um, And then we also had to say, you know, I think me and the kids maybe need a break from a few things too. If our kids are starting to say, I don't want to go to that, (laughs) there's a problem because they like to go to everything. So we started talking about what do we have to be at? What do we not have to be at? Um, And I think it was good. It was open communication and being real and being honest and being raw and then praying through it and searching the scriptures through it. Um, But it was a good conversation to have and something everybody should have and really sooner rather than later. Yeah, we've learned so much from both of you, um, especially with implementing
3: the Monday off day has been really key for us as well with keeping those boundaries. Um, And then just reminding each other if that's the day that you've chosen is your Sabbath and your day of no church planting work, then you both have to um, really encourage each other to honor that. Um, I think especially for Jared and I with no kids yet, that it's easier to kind of slip into. Let me just do. Let me just answer this message real quick. It won't take that long because um, we're not necessarily planning like family events to go do with our kids, you know. So um, we have to be even more, um, I don't know, diligent we have to be even more diligent about that since, um, actually we joke because we have our intern right now for the summer and we have staff meetings with her and before we were joking, we were like, staff meetings before were just any time because Jared and I are the only ones that were in this full time. Everyone else has other jobs, they're in school, they're students, they're doing whatever and Jared and I are the only ones thinking about this all the time. And we're also the only ones um, that are in our family. So it becomes all-consuming, like you said. So we're definitely still learning from the both of you. How can we make those boundaries happen, especially before we do start to have kids?
1: Wow. That's awesome. I'm proud of you guys.
0: Well, let me, uh, Jen and Eric, I want to ask you this. if if you could start all over again, like say we could rewind the tape and go back to you know, day one of landing in the GTA, landing in the Toronto area, uh, what would you wish that, uh, that you had done differently or that we had done differently?
1: This is hard because so many trials and um, things that you go through really teach you and grow you. Um, so it's hard for me to say, no, I wouldn't go through that whenever the Lord intentionally had a purpose and a plan for it. Um, but I guess one thing just for me in general is, is that I kind of wish that I wouldn't have had my pity party, um, as much just about, it's hard moving from the South to Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I literally did not go to the grocery store for almost three months after we moved here because I went once and came home crying because everything was so expensive and things were so different. I didn't find my cornbread or vanilla wafers for my banana pudding, and that was really hard, <laughs> and so, like, I, y'all, I, we moved from a large house with lots of land and in the, you know, country in Mississippi to a little bitty town home that was 900 square foot. And we had to share a yard with other people. And I got three kids, two are boys. I mean, I, I really had a pity party over a lot of things. And I think that's one of the biggest things I wish I wouldn't have done because I think I could have connected with more people. I think that my attitude could have been more prayerful, um, just more accepting of the culture um, just more open um, to being humble and teachable and those sort of things um, and so yeah I, I mean I'm really ashamed of it more than anything when I look back and so I think that's kind of why I hope that nobody was offended by anything I said or did or that it didn't hinder I'm sure it hindered the spirit in some way but in the end I did learn a lesson from that too so I guess if my little spoiled nature gave me a lesson for the Lord that's good too <laughs> I,
3: I don't know what I wish we have done differently. Same as Erico saying, like everything has a point and a purpose to it, and you grow from it. Um, but I guess just having the knowledge that you do now, later on, maybe going back, I could be even more bold in uh, talking to people or uh, reaching out or, or better understanding how to um, react to different situations. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't have had that knowledge if I didn't go through it. So, so that's a hard question to answer.
0: Yeah. Well, so we've talked about some of the difficulties, right? Of being a church planter's wife and, uh, there's lots of them, but let's maybe talk about what are some of the greatest joys about, uh, going on this church planting journey?
3: Um, the biggest one for sure is leading people to Christ and watching that transformation. Um, there's something that's just so cool about that and it never, ever gets old and never will. Um, and watching those disciples grow and start to feed themselves and then start to pour into other people. It's like your heart just gets so full and even thinking about, um, you know, when you're going through the difficulties, I always go back to those really cool wins and those really cool stories and remember that if I give up then I won't get to have those anymore. You know, so keep pushing forward because that new life in Christ is the biggest blessing ever. And it's it's the reason we're here, here to tell people they can be rescued and that they're they're starving for a relationship with God and he's he's offering
1: that. So yeah. My greatest joy um, has been just um, becoming more dependent on the Lord, um, knowing Him more, growing closer to Him. Um, I think I've already said it but when we first moved here it was just our family and we were very cut off from other people plus we're in a new country a new place um, and Matt was driving a lot in order to get just some camaraderie with other church planners and some mentorship um, to the other side of the city which takes about an hour um, and so he was gone a lot so I was at home with three little kids and um, just really um, learning to depend on God as my rock um, just really for everything, trusting in him. Um, I don't understand how healthcare works. So God, you need to help me cause my kids are sick. Like so many things. Um, in the beginning, he just taught me so many lessons about, um, being so dependent on him, um, trusting in him, growing closer to him. And, um, I think that's just been my greatest joy is to grow closer in, in my walk with the Lord.
2: Yeah, it's been awesome to see that too, right? Like in your life, how church planning has made you more like Jesus. So that's, that's great. Like um, I know one thing where like, like God's been talking to us a lot about, Eric and I, is the power of mentorship in church planning. And so I know that there's a planner out there listening and what Eric just described is his scenario. Like he's getting brotherhood. He's getting some unity amongst um, the saints. Like he's getting fellowship with other godly men. Men are pouring into him, but his wife is not getting any of that. And that breaks my heart because just like we need it, they need it. And so uh, maybe Eric and Jen, you could just maybe speak out to that, um, maybe maybe twofold this question. Like, number one is what has been the power mentorship in your life? Um, And and how you receive it or and give it and then secondly talk to that church planner out there who's listening to this and maybe even his wife is listening to this episode and and they're like this is us this is who they're talking to like i don't have this and i need this like what would you say to her
1: um unfortunately i don't i didn't really have um any kind of mentor um, for church planners' wives, I like I said, we were here alone. Um, I think that had I had someone like that, um, I would have felt um, a little more secure in some things. Um, maybe I would have had my answers question or answered a little bit quickly. Um, but I think that God had a reason and a purpose for it, and I think that purpose and reason was is that. He wanted to show me the value of me helping other women. You know, and it's not just other church planners' wives, um, just other women in the ministry or in the faith in general. He just wanted me to see the importance of women having someone who's in their corner, someone who's there, someone who can answer their questions, someone who's willing to give them that time to pour out their heart, to pray over them. Um, You know, just being that solid person there that says, like, I'm here, like, whenever you need something, if you need prayer, if you have a question about anything, like, we're here, we're here to do life together. Type thing. Um, I do think it's powerful, and I do think it's important. And I would say that if you're looking for that, um, reach out to somebody. Reach out to anybody. Like I wish I would have just prayed more for it, and that I would have called up some of the pastors' wives in the area and just said, "Like, who's willing to do this?" You know, Um, God will bring you somebody if you really desire it. And um, you know, maybe you have to do a little footwork for it. Maybe you have to walk up to, you know, the street, the church next. On the next street and say like is there someone here can i meet this pastor's wives you know and just seeing how you can get um, in with somebody just to have that um, those other women to come around you pray for you answer your questions it's it's just really important yeah i think with my experience i've been super blessed
3: uh, that erica was here when we moved here and i had the opportunity and still do to spend time with you and ask you questions and and get input and have that, and that's really, really helpful. Um, and also helpful is kind of having like-minded peers. Um, so for me, I'm in that weird stage of not a mom yet, so there's other women that I've been able to connect with that are Christian women that you know I can talk to about life, about spiritual things, and can try to grow in friendships. But part of that is is what are the boundaries of people. Um, if you're church planting and everyone that you meet is someone who's potentially a disciple or someone who you're potentially pouring into yourself. Um, So it's definitely important to have somebody that's outside of that bubble that you can be completely transparent with and open about what you're really struggling with because if the only people in your life are people that are at your church plant, there's gonna be things that you need to and want to talk about that wouldn't be appropriate to talk about with them. Um, So even if it's not someone living in your city, maybe it's someone who's living where you moved from, um, and you guys can talk on a phone call or talk on a, a video chat or something, just something that there's gotta be someone for you to be completely transparent with that is not just your spouse, because you can be transparent with your spouse, but there are people outside of your family, outside of your marriage that wanna support you.
2: Man, that's good. That, you know, I, what you said there at the end is so important, like not just your spouse. Let me just go further and say it shouldn't be your spouse. Like it. You should be able to talk about anything with husband and wife. But like when I when I coach planners and, and, and um, when I disciple men, like there's certain things like that our wives just don't need to hear. Like we don't need to talk to our wives about like um, if there if there are certain things like within the church and stuff that you're wrestling with it, going back to boundaries, we, we want to treat our wives like they're Bible counselors and like this guy's got this issue and maybe they shouldn't even hear about that guy having that issue in the church um, because they're going to go to the church and they're going to view some things differently. So having that mentor or having that person that you can, you could just kind of say, hey, can you listen to me? Because I got this thing that, that's happening and I really need to pour my heart out and I don't want to put this burden on my wife because it's not hers to carry. And uh, that's really important, going back to boundaries to protect your wife as well.
0: Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. I think, you know, like there's a theme. It's boundaries, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of been a theme that's been running through this conversation. Um, to I think you've got to protect your marriage, you know, first and foremost. Um, you know, and that comes first uh, at all times. Um, I, I wanted to, you know, we don't, I, you know, we could obviously do probably a series of episodes, yeah, uh, just talking uh, about what it what it means to be a church planner's wives, a wife, and some of the just the difficulties and challenges that come with that. But I wanted to kind of close up our time by ta- speaking to two people. In particular, Uh, first would be uh, church planting, uh, church planters, or church planter wives who right now feel like they want to quit. And then, secondly, uh, people who are praying about uh, church planting, uh, specifically the ladies who are praying about uh, whether or not God's called them to be a church planting wife. So, first of all, what would you say to uh, that uh, church planter wife who right now she just wants to quit and pack up the bags and go home because she's just tired of it?
3: I think first of all, you need to cling to Christ because he's our ultimate example. And he went through a lot. He could have quit, but um, his love for us was always steadfast. So you've got to look to him and and make sure that that relationship with God is right, because that can sometimes be um, wanting to quit can be a symptom of something spiritually deeper that's going on. Um, But with that, you know, just prayer pray, continue to seek God's will, to know him, um, and remember your calling, remember how God had called you there, and why that was important at the time, and is it still important? Um, Because it might still be important, you might just be in a low spot, so, um, and like I was saying before, just like reflecting on those wins, reflecting on the beautiful things that God has already done in the ministry, and uh, reminding yourself that you'll miss out on future beautiful things if you were to leave, so...
1: I would just say to that busy, stressed out, overworked, um, sweet lady, you know, remember that God set you apart, um, that you're holy, that he's called you as a royal ambassador to represent him. Um, If you have kids at home, you have little people watching you. You have people in your community and in your church watching you, and they're looking to you. So you need to look to God for the answers right now. Um, You need to seek Him out. You need to search the scriptures. You need to ask Him to give you clean hands and a pure heart. And then you need to be genuine with others and let them know what you're struggling with and what you're going through. You need to let them show you that they care about you. You need to let them pray for you. You need to let them pray with you. Um, And you need to let this maybe be a moment of transparency where you can show others in your community that you're not this Christian woman that does all this stuff that's unobtainable. you know, you have flaws and you have problems too. And, um, maybe let them see that maybe it's going to be a door for the gospel. Mm -hmm. Just uh, tell God, use this God. I'm not going to quit because I'm not a quitter. You began a good work in me. You're going to finish it. I'm going to see it through. I'm going to work strong for you. But at the same time, I felt broken. I need you to repair me and I need you to use this for your glory. And we're going to be praying for you too.
0: I would just say you could just call Erica up and have her give you one of those talks right there if you're thinking about quitting, right? Amen. So, okay, now, we talked about, Jen mentioned calling, how important calling is. Calling is what keeps you in the field when everything's going wrong. Um, That's why calling is so important because reality is, is if you get sent... Uh, to you know the mission field, whether as a missionary, church planter, whatever, uh, there are going to be multiple times where you're going to want to quit. And things are going to be very, very difficult. And the calling is what keeps you there. It's what anchors you. But not only do we as church planters need to have a strong sense of calling, but our wives need to be called if you feel called to church planting and your wife does not you're not called to church planting (laughs) like you should not go plant a church if your wife is not on board with this so uh how did jen and erica how did you know when you were called to be a church planter's wife
1: well i think that if your husband is called you're called Uh, When you got married, you became one flesh. (laughs) There's no two people. You're one. You're together. So if God calls him, he calls you. I think of Abraham and Sarah. I mean, God spoke with Abraham and told him where to go and what to do. We don't see God telling the same things to Sarah, but she followed. Um, And so but she was a part of the plan, too. Right. Um, So God expects us to be obedient Um, This is the part of the submissive part, right? Where we follow where God leads our husband. You sound
0: Um, like a (laughs) complementarian.
1: So um, that's really important. You're listening to Paul Washer. (laughs) I get this straight from the word of God. That's right. Amen. So, yeah, that's really important, I think, um, first of all. But second of all, I think that really, yeah, um, just like Jared said, like if your wife's not on board, you don't need to move forward because chances are if she's not on board – Not that you're not necessarily always not called, but maybe there's something in her heart or in her life that's not allowing her to move forward. And that is dangerous to Mm -hmm. your marriage. That is dangerous to the people that you're going to. So please take a step back. Um, Have some prayer. um, Have some really um, good communication. Uh, Maybe even seek out some counsel, but don't move forward um, if she's not on board. Um, I knew I was called because Matt was called. I'm going to be honest with you. When he said Canada, I said, really? Isn't it cold there? Are we going to be living with the polar bears? (laughs) Like, what's up with this? I thought Toronto was in Ohio. I did. I thought Toronto was in Ohio. I had no idea. I I was not up on Canadian geography at all. I've since learned because I do homeschool my children. I wanted them to know. But um, yeah, just um, just start to feel it out and get God's heart for the people. I think more than anything, when you start learning more about the people and praying for the people, uh, God can't help but not give you the heart for them, right? You learn to love people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, it was
3: just that excitement, um, for my husband's vision, as he's he was experiencing it before I did, because he was going on trips and he was talking to Matt and. That overflow I would hear about it and, and then I got to experience it myself when we visited together and it was just so clear that both of us had a purpose and a point of being here after we got to talk to you guys and see what was going on um, so I think that there's definitely going to be an excitement to support your husband's vision um, but it's still going to be a step of faith like it's mm-hmm. still going to be a little scary like if it feels like a little scary that's not necessarily a reason to back that's out right. because that sometimes that's a that's an okay thing that's a place where that's you can grow thing. and trust God Hey
1: Matt, I think that Jen kind of sealed the deal for Jared coming up, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. We met we met Jared first, and then we met Jen, and we're like, yes, that's true.
2: Yes, that's true. We, We like Jared. We love Jen. It's so let's, let's bring them both up. Well, it's
0: because yeah, we it's because we love them both. We love them both. Well, we love them both. No, it's because when we came up and and uh w- you know, going back to Jen's sense of calling, you know, God confirmed it because when we, you know, I came up on my first vision tour and we kept in touch and I had just met Jen, and we were, we had just started dating when I came up the first time and I remember talking to her in the hotel room and being like, so what do you think about Canada? You know, you you ever thought about it, you know, like living there and we'd been dating for like three weeks. Right. And yeah. she's like, Oh, I don't know, you know, like this. So, uh, but it didn't scare her off and I ended up convincing her to marry me. And then yeah. right after we got married, like, uh, like six weeks after we were married, we came up here on our second vision trip and February, you know, that's man. when, January? yeah. Yeah, it was February, and I, and she, you didn't even really know anything about her, but Jen's yeah. got, you know, she went to film school, and she does graphic yeah. design and all that, and you were talking about how, you know, you needed a communications director for the network, and you found out that Jen was a communications director, yeah. and that's what sealed the deal. So, I know that yeah. it wasn't really me that you wanted Spirit. to bring up here. It was Jen that you yeah. wanted all along, but I'm okay with that. That's fine. I'll <laughs> we, ride my wife's coattails.
1: We are not using her for her talent. She is an extremely sweet and wonderful person. <laughs> And I love her. <laughs> I do too. She is wonderful.
2: Oh man, that's funny.
0: Yeah. Well, I um, you guys, we're we're running out of time today, but I, I would just close by saying this: that you know, like there is no like one size fits all when it comes to uh, what a church planter's wife. Is supposed to be what your role is supposed to look like. Uh, You know, some church planner wives are are introverted, some are extroverted. Uh, You know, Erica and Jen couldn't be more different if you if you knew them. They they're just wired much differently. You know, Uh, and so, uh, but they both, in their own way, you know, they're a part of the body, right? Mm -hmm. They're a part of the body of Christ, uh, and they both serve God faithfully uh, in what God's called them to do. I don't think I don't think as a as no matter who you are, but specifically we're talking to church planners wives today, God's not expecting anything more of you than he's called you to do, right? Yeah. He's not, he's not expecting you to do what he's called somebody else to, right? Yeah,
2: man. I, you know, this is the part where we usually give marching orders to yep. our listeners, but so I'm going to give one marching order today and it's, it's actually more of a challenge. Church planner, listen to what I'm about to say to you. Um, Satan hates you. He hates your wife. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to kill your family. And he wants to impede what God wants to do in your life. And you need to daily take your bride before the throne of grace. And you need to ask him to protect her, to protect her heart, to protect her motives, to protect her values. And you need to cherish her and watch over her like you never have anything else in your life. Because... She is a gift from God, and one of the biggest mistakes I made in our church planning journey is I did not do that, and um, God uh, took me out to the woodshed, as we say in Oklahoma, and I'm so thankful he did, and it made our marriage better. It grew our, our life. It grew our faith, and church planning is incredible, but you are a husband first, um you are a leader of your home first with kids or without and don't ever forget that um and maybe even today you need to go and talk to your wife about some of these things we've talked about don't don't let them go in one year and out the other um this episode that's what i would say
0: yeah amen I, i don't think there's anything i can add to that um you know we there's a reason we call our podcast "In the Trenches" because we're yeah, war, right? Absolutely. Uh, there, there is a real war uh, going on, and uh, you know it's our responsibility to uh, to protect our wives, to pray uh, and intercede uh, for our wives. And uh, I know I'm thankful for mine because um, uh, you know we couldn't do this without them, right? That's right. Uh, there's, there's no way that uh, that I could function here. Yeah. <laughs> without Jen, just in any way, shape or form. So, well, guys, we hope that, uh, this has been a blessing to you today. Uh, and we hope that, uh, maybe, uh, your wife doesn't typically listen to the podcast, but so maybe you'll show her this episode and, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to her as well. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to, uh, this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to our website, com, And you can find other episodes there and you can also find show notes. And if you have any questions, you can uh, feel free to reach out to Matt or myself our email addresses are there on the show notes Uh, and hey we need your help getting the word out about in the trenches so if this podcast has been beneficial at all to you uh, then do us a huge favor and head on over to either iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher whatever your favorite platform is and subscribe there and then leave us a written review that helps increase our exposure so that this podcast can get into uh, the hands of more church planters uh, so that it can bless them
2: five stars only
0: yes five star ratings only please
2: we will delete the one and twos are we? Can you? We'll find a way. We'll find a way.
1: I don't think that's ethical.
0: <laughs> there's a time to listen to your wife. And there's a time <laughs> not soon. That's,
2: that's a, a proverb, secret, isn't it? Hey,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, we'll be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.